Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to the fourth quarter comeback. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. Tonight, people, I am so excited to bring to you a dynamic show. This is just one of those moments in life where you come and, and if you need an adrenaline shot of motivation and encouragement, tonight's the night. Tonight is your night. We're going to talk about the championship mind inside the underdog, part two. And tonight we're going to bring on a special guest, uh, a dynamic young man, Mr. Jared Zabransky. He's going to talk about what it takes to make a dynamic comeback. But before we get started, I want to do this, and I'm going to do this. I turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit so that we all get what we came for, and that is a move of His Spirit. People, if you are any type of dreamer, visionary, a doer, this show tonight is for you. We have just been researching and, and looking for some of the, the most dynamic people on the face of the planet to bring to you each and every time we do these shows. And tonight's no different. I'm just, I, I don't, I'm just, I'm thoroughly excited. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. I am thoroughly excited about tonight's show. So let me calm down a little bit. I'm going to take you to a motivational moment, and then we'll be right back. know that you weren't put here just to hold up space and, and take up air you were put here to do something dynamic you were put here to make things better everything is created to be a solution to something okay nobody's life is in vain there's a, a quote I want to read to you from uh, dr. Mike Murdoch I, I read a lot of his, his books on wisdom um, he says that God saw something that no one else could solve so he created you God saw something that no one else could solve, so he created you. He also goes on to say that everything was created to solve a problem. So, your, your very life is a solution to somebody's problem. God disguised the solution to a certain set of problems when he created you. So, you're... So I want you to, I'm just, I'm, I'm going here with you on this because I want you to truly understand that you are important. Your life is important. You, your destiny is important. And don't, don't let anyone ever tell you anything differently. You are important. You have to be here. But there's also some, some rules that go along with you being here. So we'll get into that also. So you're important. 
because God created you for a solution. Your life is designed to impact countless others. And you are put here as a specific answer to a certain set of problems. So take your worth in that and know that there's something dynamic for you to do. So that's the segue to my lesson today. My lesson today is seven ways to promote positive self-image. Seven ways to promote a positive self-image. Step one, place high value on God's view of you. Place high value on God's view of you. Place high value on God's view of you, which we just talked about in depth. And I can go further with this. You have to understand that if you can hear my voice, we, each and every one of us was created in the likeness and image of God. None of us created ourselves. So it's, a, it's like having a car. If I have a Ford Motor Company vehicle and I take it to a, a General Motors dealership. Now, the General Motors dealership can actually call Ford and get information. But how much simpler is it for me to take that car back to a Ford dealer? Because they created the car. They know that car better than anybody else knows that car. So true is our relationship with God, our relationship with our Creator. Who knows us better than that which created us, that spirit that created us? And when you, be, when you get in tune with that spirit that created you, you get a true, true blue value, a true blue estimate of what and who you really are. Because nobody else can truly tell you what you are. In fact, you, why would you listen to what, the opinion of another human being who only uses 5% of their brain? How can somebody that only uses 5% of their brain tell you what you're not? I want you to think about that. Hello, and we're back. That was a motivational moment from uh, my Creating a Championship Standard of Living show, which I do every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live here on Blog Talk Radio at uh, www.blogtalkradio.com slash Miles W. Miller. That's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R. People, I'm just utterly excited. This, this is going to be one of the most dynamic shows that, that we've done so far uh, in this four-quarter comeback series. And I'm just, I'm honored. I have a, a, a couple people I want to acknowledge that are online right now. My friend, uh, Dr. Walter Sims down there in uh, Dalton, Alabama, I wanted to acknowledge you tonight. I see you all here. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge you let you know I, I thank you for uh, tuning in tonight. And also my friend and next real America's top model, actress, singer, writer, uh, Janaea down in uh, Dallas, Texas, I wanted to, to let her know I, I'm acknowledging her. I see her online tonight as well. Uh, people, don't hesitate to, 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 to contact me to let me know how these shows are going for you because a lot of people are, are well, what I'm getting from the comments and, and the emails and the, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the, the, the MySpace comments that people are leaving. A lot of people really like what we're doing here. And if you like what we're doing here, continue to let me know what is working. Continue to let me know how you like these shows because I really want to make these shows dynamic for you. I want to give you a, a dynamic product so that you can always come back and know that you're going to get something that, that's going to empower you to be everything that you've been called to be, that's going to empower you to be great. People, 
the reason why I come here each and every time I do these shows is because I come to let you know, I come to restore hope that God still blesses the dreams of the dreamer. I come to, to, to bring hope, to ignite your faith that God still blesses the dreams of the dreamer. That means that no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what people are telling you, no matter what has gone awry, God is still blessing the dreams of the dreamer. And if you've got a dream that you know God gave you, don't give up on it. You know my motto and you know my mantra, don't ever give up, don't ever quit in your dreams. I mean that, people. Your dreams are the very lifeline to your spiritual destiny to everything you've been put on this earth to do. You were put here as a solution. You were put here so and created in a unique manner because there's no one else that can do what you've been sitting here to do. You had to be born. And that means that dream that's inside of you, at that very moment, is valid. So whatever, whatever the case may be, no matter what's going on, we do this four-quarter comeback show to let you know that your dreams are important. Your life is important. Your success is important. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. I wanted to, to, to give you that, in, that quick injection of uh, motivation and encouragement. And what we're going to do, we're going to go into another motivational moment, and I'll be right back with you. Again, I'm uh, just completely honored to um, to be before you today. And uh, our lesson today um, is 10 steps to staying true to yourself. 10 steps to, to staying true to yourself. Um, I came up with this topic late last night, actually in the wee hours of this morning. Um, many of you may have seen my Facebook posting uh, where I posted um, a comment about being true to myself and how I uh, I actually had to apologize to myself for not being always being true to myself. Um, and I think that it's really important for each and every one of us to understand that we are unique. We are we are not like everybody else. We're not normal. And because we're not normal, we can't expect to do what normal people do and have gratification or happiness or joy doing those things. We have to celebrate that uniqueness that's what's inside us. Uh, a guest we had on uh, a couple weeks ago, Mr. Ronald Wilshire uh, down in Houston, Texas, you know, told us to celebrate our uniqueness. And, and that's one thing I'm going to continuously promote, to celebrate the, the, the identity that God has given you, the, the separateness that God has given you, the, 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 that, which is, that inside of you that will allow you to stand out and not blend in. Because you weren't put here to blend in, you were put here to stand out and lead. So, let me get started with our lesson. Um, ten steps to staying true to yourself. Step number one, and I believe this is the most important step to staying true to yourself. Step number one, keep God's image of you in your heart. Keep God's image of you in your heart. Keep God's image of you in your heart. A lot of people battle with low self-esteem, they battle with uh, 
a bad vision of themselves. They, they, they struggle to, to really find their way in the world, and they, they get confused and misled and led astray and run amok and things like that. And the one thing that would keep people grounded is that if you knew that the creator of the universe created you in his likeness and image, how could you ever fall for the okie doke when somebody told you that you, you're less than, than, than weight, you're less than phenomenal, you're less than the best? If you truly, when you truly know who you are, when you truly know who you are, when you, know, you truly know what you are, nobody can come and tell you anything other than that. Immediately you understand that that's the fault. That's not the truth. If somebody tells you something contrary to what the Creator says you are, that's a farce. That's not. That is not the truth. So, in understanding that, it is utterly important to stay locked on the image that God says you are. You're creating His likeness and image. You're creating His likeness and image. Not like a dinosaur, not like a donkey, not like a horse, not like a bear, but in His likeness and image. You have been put here for some dynamic stuff. You have been put here to do some things that, that only you can do. Your life is important. Your, your existence on this earth, your existence in this, universe, in this universe is very important. So you have to stay focused on the fact that you were created to create. You were created to, to repair. You were created to, to do something dynamic. You were created to do something awesome. You were created to do something unique. So you have to celebrate that uniqueness because God saw something in you that when he created you, he created you to solve a set of problems that nobody else can solve. So keep that in your, in your heart that you are put here for a special assignment from the creator. Hello, and we're back. That was another motivational moment from uh, our Creating a Championship Standard Living show, which comes on every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live um, here on Blog Talk Radio. The, the web address is www.blogtalkradio.com slash Miles W. Miller. That's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R. And people, like I said, keep, keep in contact with me. Let me know how we're, we're doing over here. I want to continue to improve this product for you you can contact me by many of the social networking sites uh, you can try, find me at facebook.com slash miles w miller at myspace.com slash miles w miller twitter.com you guessed it twitter.com slash miles w miller and you can send me all types of comments anything that you you uh, look first and foremost let's let's keep it real uh we want constructive criticism we want constructive things. We don't want to be abusive and, and, and sending things to tear people down, but we want to continue to uplift each other. So send me uplifting information, and I will continue to pour back out to you some dynamic motivation, some dynamic encouragement, and just a, a phenomenal product because I want to see you realize your dreams. I want to see you become that person you're supposed to become. That is my heart. That's, what's in, that's what I'm passionate about, and that's what I want to see you do. So by all means, Continue to, to let me know 
how we're driving over here, and I'm going to keep the car on the road, and we, we're going to go to the finish land, to the promised land, the finish, finish zone. You know, we're going to win the race together. So without further ado, I want to go um, – I want to share something with you. I want to share something with you. I am truly honored by the guest that we're going to bring on tonight, a dynamic uh, individual. I had a time to, to talk to him, and um, and just in, in hearing him talk, I realized right away that he there was something more to him than meets the eye. There was something dynamic about his spirit. There was something dynamic about what drives him. And let me tell you something. If in many times in life, some of us are going to be considered an underdog at what it is we've been called to do. We've been, we may be considered, we may be counted out by the masses, but you can never, ever let the masses dictate whether or not your dream is valid. That dream has to be so etched into your heart and etched into your mind and etched into your soul that nothing or no one can take it from you. You have to know without a shadow of a doubt that that dream, that dream, that vision, that goal that that you know God gave you has to come to pass. So what I want you to do, I want you to do this for me. I want each and every one of you, if you hear my voice right now, whether you hear my my voice live or be a podcast, I want you to do something for me. I want you to stop everything you're doing right now. Just stop. And I want you to listen to my voice. I want you to imagine yourself looking at something just beautiful, the most beautiful thing you can think of. I want you to, to, to sit in your imagination right now and come up with the most beautiful sight that you can come up with, the most beautiful image that you can come up with. And now after you had this image in your mind, I want you to harness all the emotions that that beautiful sight brings to you. And as you're harnessing that energy, and as you're, you're thinking about how, it, how good it feels to, to see that sight in your imagination, in your mind's eye, I want you to do this. I want you to take it to an, another level. And this is what we call visualizing your ideal life. I want you right now to go in your imagination. And I want you to imagine yourself sitting in an IMAX movie theater with a screen that's larger than life. And what's getting ready to come onto this screen is the story, the movie of your life. And what I want you to do, I want you, as that projector is starting to roll and, and, and your ideal life is coming up on that screen, I want you to be free from any limitation. Don't worry about how much it's going to cost. Don't worry about who said it can't happen. I want you to focus on the life that you want, the ideal life that you want.
this is and this this vision is free from from anybody else's constraints. What is it that you want from your life? What is it that you want in your life? What are some of the beautiful things that you desire? I want you to imagine those things on that screen. Like for me, I told you weeks ago that I I really have grown fond of the Rolls Royce Ghost. I, I, I have a certain fondness for that car. It's something dynamic about that car. And every time I see pictures of it, it fires me up to keep moving forward. And it, it, it inspires me because it's a beautiful vehicle. Not that I'm worshiping a car, but I can, I can respect the beautiful things that God has placed in this world for us to use and enjoy. So I want you to, to, to look at that screen. I want you to see the vivid images. I want you, If it's a vacation spot that you want to go to, I want you to see you know, the, the exotic birds and the exotic fish in the, in the ocean. I want you to see yourself walking on the sand. I want you to feel the sun beaming down on your face. And if it's a new, ho- new home, a new debt-free home, I want you to see yourself walking through that home, enjoying the plush carpet. If it's a brand-new car, if it's a brand-new debt-free car, then I want you to see yourself driving that car into that driveway of your new debt-free home. If it's a spouse, whatever the case may be, whatever it is that, that is beautiful and, you, and, and it's, it's good and you can enjoy it, I want you to see yourself being in the midst of enjoyment with it. And now that you're, you're, you, you see that image, I want you to harness the energy that that image brings. I want you to fully embrace the feelings that image brings. I want you to feel the the, the, the feelings of joy, of happiness, of excitement. Everything, every positive feeling and emotion that that picture, that image in your mind is bringing to you, I want you to fully embrace it now. And now that you've fully embraced it, you got the image in your mind, and you're watching your ideal life, and you're, and you're loving this, I want you to repeat after me. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. I receive all of my divine good free and unfettered right now. People, I want you to hold on to that because that's your ideal life. And let nothing or no one take that from you. 
as we move forward into the show, I want to bring to you uh, our dynamic guest. Our uh, our guest tonight um, is, is a dynamic individual. He's a leader. He's a just an all-around good guy. He's a person who makes things happen. He handles adversity as if he has ice water in his veins. Our guest tonight is a, one of the quarterbacks for the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League. He also played college football for the Boise State Broncos. And I'm going to let our guest talk about his experience as a, a Bronco quarterback and leading a, a team that wasn't expected to be able to compete with a perennial powerhouse to the 2007 Fiesta Bowl championship. So without further ado, we're going to bring to the show Mr. Jared Zabransky. Hello, and we're welcoming to the show, to the four-quarter comeback show tonight, uh, a dynamic young man. He is a, a, what you would call a comeback master. He's had some, some trials in his life. He's had some, some ups and downs. But we're here with the dynamic Mr. Jared Zabransky. Uh, you may remember Jared as the, the quarterback of the 2006 Boise State Broncos who went undefeated and played Oklahoma in the 2007 Tocitos Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Jared, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Jared. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Like I said, I was uh, talking to you earlier, and I wanted to let you know again, uh, you know, publicly on air, man, it's absolutely an honor to have you here. I think that the people are really going to enjoy uh, just watching, you know, the information that you – listening to the information that you present tonight. I know it's going to be dynamic, man. Well, I appreciate you having me. I I, uh, I take any opportunity to to uh, you know, especially to, to speak about the Fiesta Bowl. It's a great memory for me, and uh, you know, whatever I can do to to uh, shed light on the situation or, or to uh, you know give give anybody inspiration or, or anything in those sorts, uh, I'm, I'm always happy to always obliged to to help. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Jared. I know people who have been following you for years now, they've gotten accustomed to seeing you pull off some miraculous comebacks in your football career. Can you just share with the people, during those situations, what motivates you to keep your cool and lead your team to victory? Well, a lot of different things. Um, first and foremost, uh, I had a lot, of, a lot of help along the way with, and a lot of guidance with a number of different things, my coaches, um, um, you know, mental coaches, football coaches, God, you know, all of the above, I kind of relied on for strength and uh, and guidance. So when I got into those positions, I was I was already keyed and ready to to handle them. And uh, you know, it, for me, it was always it was always kind of based on perception. How do I want to perceive the situation? Do I want to perceive it as a failure or, or as a challenge? And uh, you know, I looked at it as the latter. And to, to look at something in, in that sort of light, you, you can kind of you know take a step beyond it and uh, you know realize that that you have a chance to to do something about it. And and it's always 
you know, in, in your mind, you can always perceive it the way that you want to. So, uh, you know, I was just focused on how I looked at things, and a lot of that, a lot of the times, I looked at things like I could, I could respond or I could come back. So, instead of looking at it like I lost or, or there's no chance. Right. That 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 dynamic stuff, sir. Could you share with the people how important your relationship is with your coaches and mentors, as far as you know, specifically, what are some of the things that they share with you that that keeps you, you know, encouraged and, and cool? Well, it's it's all about the preparation process, and uh, you know, you practice and you practice and you, and you train and you get ready for certain situations. So when they happen, you've already you've already been in that situation. Now, nothing's like a game. You know, you, you can't you can't simulate games in practice. But you can try to become you know, as close to those as possible. And uh, so what we tried to do is just simulate them as, as best as we could. And, and then when we got there, it was like we'd already been there. So you could approach it in a certain manner to where, you know, I've been there, done that. But throughout my career, I played in so many games that it actually was I'd been there, done that. You know, I, I could, I could right. go back and recall a situation to where, um, you know, I, I'd been in this situation before and this is the outcome and this is the reason why. So... I could approach it a certain way, and uh, you know your coaches are right there. You know their tutelage is is priceless along the way. So you, know, you just got to take everything that you can from them, and uh, you know try to apply it in the correct manner. Right, right. And that, I, I, I'm always talking to my audience about how coaches and mentors are, are dynamic pieces of the puzzle. It actually shortens your curve of of experience, and you know it's the difference between making mistakes to learn experience or getting good mentorship to learn experience. It, it's dynamic. Definitely, definitely, because most of the time they've already been in that situation, so they can they can give you some direct information from their experiences, which which is uh, hard to come by. Right. So I heard you mention God. How important is your spiritual faith in being able to make a comeback? It's very important because you have to have faith in, in something greater, a higher power, and, and that that accumulates and uh, and is directly influenced on the field because you have to believe that that God does things and puts things in your life for a reason and um, you know he, he's looking for a response from you so you know I that I truly believe that 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 was faith the, the way that the things that the way things turned out and uh, I believe that everything that I'd done previous to that situation was for a reason and and that um, I was able to handle those things uh, specifically based on, you know, my faith and, and what I had done previously. Okay. That, that's absolutely wonderful, sir. And I'm, I'm, I, said, I, I know that when people are hearing you speak now, you're giving them a blueprint for how to come back in their lives, no matter on the field or off the field. So this is dynamic stuff. Jared, I often tell people that the underdog plays with a chip on his shoulder because they're usually playing for the pride of a certain region or people who aren't normally expected to beat the odds against, you know, quote-unquote giants. Describe what it was like growing up in Oregon, in Hermiston, Oregon, and then going on to play at Boise State. What was it like playing for the pride of that group of people? It was huge because uh, growing up from where I'm from, excuse me, was uh, 
not a lot of, not a lot of people come out of Hermiston with with uh, Division One scholarships or, or college scholarships for that matter. It's kind of a, a rural community out in the northeastern part of Oregon, and it's not really known as a as a mecca for sports. So to get an opportunity to go play for a Division One football team and then uh, for a team that has as much, as much success as Boise State having to be such a big part of that success, you know, it was kind of surreal. But at the same time, you know, I really felt like I deserved that opportunity because of how much work I'd put in and how hard I'd worked to get there. And and then once I got there, you know, I just uh, kept working hard and, and uh, you know, really looked and hoped for the best. And I think a lot of the guys on our team, you know, the same type of thing. You know, we, we'd all felt like we were big-time college football players, and we we either gotten passed up on by big schools or where we really wanted to show, you know, when we got the chance to play these big schools, that, uh, you know, we were better than these guys across the ball. And, you know, I think especially my senior class, you know, we had like 11 guys that ended up signing with NFL teams and a handful of a handful of them stuck. And, um, you know, there's still a couple of guys in, in Canada as well as NFL. I think there's like six or seven of us still playing. You know, that's a big deal out of a, a mid-major school, and, and we all truly believe that we had that ability and that capability to, to go out and put, you know, strings of wins together like we did. And, uh, you know, we just really wanted to prove that we could do it. And, you know, when you have that chip on your shoulder, it gives you a little extra motivation, a little extra fire, you know, not only on, on game day, but getting ready for game day. And that's the biggest part was the preparation and, you know, the off-season training, off-season practices and, and uh, you know, the weekly preparation as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm just, you know, it, it amazes me to hear your story because I went to the University of Michigan, so we always had a, you know, we're always coming from the, the, the mindset of this perennial powerhouse. And Michigan football is is is, is just huge in Michigan. It's, 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 yeah. it's, a, it's a big deal. And I understood being a student on campus, how important that that football program was. Being at Boise State and actually being a player that is taking this team. Let's talk about the 2006 season for a minute. You're taking this team on what, if you were at a bigger school, would be a national championship run. What is the what's going through your mind as you guys play your your final regular season game and you're undefeated and you're waiting for the call to go to the Tostitos of Fiesta Bowl? What's going through your mind to do you think you guys can get that shot to play for the national title? Do you think you deserve it? Or, you know, what were you guys thinking at that moment? You know, we all thought we deserved a chance at the national title, but we were we were more uh, realistic than that. We we knew that, you know, with I think there was two other teams that were undefeated that year, or maybe, maybe there was just one other team that was undefeated. But we knew that, you know, a one-loss team from the SEC or a one-loss team from – the Big 12 or Big 10 or Pac-10 was going to get in over us. So we were just excited to, to get a chance to go to a BCS football game. We knew we were going to probably end up at the Fiesta Bowl and uh, knew that we'd get a great opponent, you know, whoever it may be. So we were we were ecstatic with our accomplishments up to that point, you know, going 12-0, and um, winning all of our regular season games. But we had accomplished that same feat two years prior when we played in the Liberty Bowl in 04 
and we fell up short. And then the, the next year we had a, a decent year and we, we lost the bowl game. So for me it was, you know, we've done this before. Now it's time to win a big game at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to go through my career and, and win, you know, 30-plus games and never won a bowl game. So, um, you know, that was a big one for us and, and for me especially. So, um, you know, we knew we, we wouldn't get a chance to play in the National. We felt like we... We were entitled to it. We felt like we deserved it, but we we also were realistic in, in the fact that we knew we weren't going to be there, but we we knew we were going to get a uh, a BCS game, which we were excited about. Okay. So let's go to the 2007 Fiesta Bowl, and you're playing perennial powerhouse Oklahoma. Were you guys ever shaken or ever, you know, moved by the fact that you're going up against this this juggernaut in Oklahoma? No, I I, I truly think that uh, me personally, and I think that the the large core of our team were excited for the opportunity. And, you know, we knew Oklahoma was good. We knew that they were a perennial powerhouse, seven national championships, this and that. You know, Adrian Peterson, great running back, maybe the best running back in the NFL right now. You know, all these different things said, we knew that we had a great uh, core, you know, core unit of players, and I truly believed as long as long as uh, as well as probably a handful of our our seniors believe that, you know, our our 22, 23 top players were just as good or better than their their 22 or 23. You know, where we knew was going to be tough is when they started making subs because that was kind of the deal with us was you know our starting lineups were solid, but, you know, we just kind of, there, there was a, a pretty big drop-off with our with our backups to where, you know, the big schools like, for instance, Michigan or, or Oklahoma or Ohio State, you know, these schools, they can just sub in and, and the guys are, you know, just as good. So we knew we had to play well and, and uh, you know, stay healthy for one and, and uh, you know, really, really kind of lean on each other for that. So we we knew we knew the situation, but at the same time, you know, from film study, we I truly thought that we were better. I thought we matched up better. I thought our receivers were better than their DBs. I thought our offensive line was was as good or better than their defensive line. You know, our defense came out and played great, and we just we knew we had to score points because we knew their offense was dynamic as well, and they could score points. So. We knew it was going to be a shootout, but we we totally believed that we could win. And as long as you have that belief, you know that that'll carry you a long ways. Well, and you're you're saying some things that that I tell my audience all the time that you you have to expect to win. Whenever you go into a battle or in or game or anything in life, you have to expect to win. You have to expect victory. So, you know that's that's major stuff right there to let people know that going into a major game, you expect it to come out the the, victor, the victorious team. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You can't. There's no way that you can go into a situation um, just expecting to show up because you're going to get blown out of the water. You know, you gotta you gotta look at the situation like you're going to go out and, and master it or dominate it, and, and uh, you know that gives you that confidence that that you really need to go into something, and, and uh, you know confidence can carry you a long way. Yes, sir. So I'm gonna just run a few scenarios by you throughout that game. I'm gonna go at, at halftime. You have a 21 to 10 lead on Oklahoma, and you've been pretty much dominating them. What 
type of momentum do you guys take to the locker room, and what are you guys saying? What, what, what are your coaches saying to you when you go to the locker room at that point? Well, you know, we had that big play right before the end of the half where the play was kind of busted, and I kind of winged it out to the right side, and our receiver caught it and made a big play, made a couple guys miss, and went in for like a 30-yard score. So we had all the momentum in the world. We went in, and, and all the captains and the seniors were hyped up, and, you know, we we kind of told each other, you know, this is, this is a 0-0 football game, and uh, it starts right now. We've got to go out and win the second half, and that's kind of what our coaches were, were telling us. And, and uh, you know, we knew that, that these guys were – you know, starting to wear us down because, you know, they're a big, big, big squad up front. And, you know, as skilled as, as some guys are, and, you know, our, our guys were, were really skilled. That's kind of where we made up for the size difference in a lot of ways. You know, the the size starts to wear you down a little bit. So we knew we had to go out and fight in the second half and, and uh, try to win the second half as well. And our coaches just kept, um, you know, preaching about execution and, and uh, you know, really, really talking about a, a, a zero-zero football game and trying to win the second half. Well, so the, the the momentum was to not lose the momentum from the first first half, but to to keep it going, to to not let up, right? Yeah, yeah, to keep it going and to finish uh, all four quarters. Well, and I think that's a lot of things. A lot of times, dreamers and visionaries forget that one piece. You have to finish what you start, and you were in the middle of a dog fight, and you knew that that this monster at any given moment could wear up his head and, and you still have still got to fight it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that, and that's, like I said, this, these are things that people need to take into life. You know, people often uh, shun or look down upon a game because it's, well, it's just a game, this is not real life stuff, but these are principles that people can take to life and, and handle their lives a lot better. They handle their lives like a championship game every every time. Yeah, definitely. I, I truly believe that that uh, you know it kind of depicts a, a that one game depicts a a story of of a bunch of, of a bunch of people all wrapped into one. You know, you yes, sir. kind of start out up top and it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. You know, it's, everything's good and good, and then boom, you get slapped in the face with a challenge or or in life, it may be a death or, or the loss of a job or something, but you can't, you can't, you know, dwell on it or or grieve grieve on it for too long. You gotta, you gotta, you know, take that next step forward and and really, uh, you know, move on with your life or or think about that next play. What can I do to to uh, help my team on this next play? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm gonna give you another scenario. It's the fourth quarter. You guys have a 28 to 20 lead. And Oklahoma is coming back, and they drive the ball down the field, score a touchdown, and tie the game with one minute and 26 seconds left in regulation. What's going through your mind at that very moment? Uh, really, I'm getting myself ready for the for a red ball situation, which is a hurry up offense. And actually, in that situation, it's clutch. There's red balls, a hurry up, and clutch is, is get out of bounds. So. Uh, we're trying to pres- you know preserve the, the clock and the time, so we're we're thinking about you know hitting routes on the outside and and uh, you know having successful plays each time. You don't want to take any sacks. You don't want any dead plays. You want to move the football down the field. So uh, we get the ball on like the twenty yard line and and we call a play that we've called you know a hundred times and 
I'm, I'm looking at the safety in the middle of the field. The ball snapped, and he goes straight back as opposed to how cover two safeties will kind of run towards the to over the top towards the sideline. So I'm thinking I got cover four out, and and I see my receiver kind of gives me a little a little stutter at the top of his the top of his route. So I think he's breaking it down, but he's really just getting by the the corner. And I throw it out there, and the corner picks it, takes it to the house. Wow. So from then on, I'm I'm on the sideline, and I just revert to to everything that I've been told, you know, everything that I've been coached, and and uh, you know, I look up and I got a, a minute left on the clock, and you know, I I, I have a, a couple of teammates come up to me, and and this was this was huge. My teammates come up to me and tell me that they still believed in me, and that uh, you know I'm the best quarterback in the country, and this and that, and they're they're you know they're still giving me confidence and, and uh, showing me that you know, they still support me and got my back. And, and at that point, I'm I'm thinking about okay, I'm thinking about the next play. I'm thinking about you know how can we get the, this football on the field, and and thinking about the next play instead of dwelling on the last play. That encouragement, it had to be uh, crucial, like you said. I know that, you know, if somebody makes a mistake, sometimes, you know, as a player, we can get down on ourselves. What did your coach say to you when you came to the sideline after throwing that interception? He didn't really say a whole lot. He, he, there was kind of a look of, of disappointment in the read that I made because it was an incorrect read. Um, you know, the defense ran a good play. The safety kind of fooled me with his, with his drop. Um, you know, I, I didn't see things as well as I should have. So, you know, the the read was on me. Um, I knew that, and, and he knew that, but he also kind of let me handle it in the, in the manner that I needed to handle it. He he didn't come up and read me or, or you know, you know, tell me that that was a bad play or this and that. He just said, okay, let's, we got a minute left, and we we went over two or three plays that we were thinking about calling. So I went. Went through each one of those plays with a with a thought in mind of where I'm going to go with the football in, in certain coverages, and, and then when I went on the field, I was looking for those coverages. Wow. So instead of berating you, he just let you do what you need to do to be who you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That and that was big. That you know, that helped a lot because he knew, you know, from my experience as a senior. You know, I'd played in 30, that was my 38th game starting, and I'd played in nine more prior to being a starter. So, you know, he knew I had a plenty of experience, and, and he trusted me to the fact that, you know, we got to let him do what he's going to do. And, and uh, you know, I had made that mistake before. So, um, you know, just to go back out there and fix that and, and to uh, to respond. And, um, you know, God willing, he he really let me respond in the correct way, and and uh, you know things came out um, very uh, very good for us in the end. Right, right. So you're going back onto the field to take lead your team down the field to score what would have to be the game tying touchdown because you you have to have this. How was was at any point were you thinking about the previous two bowl games where you guys came up just a little bit short? No, no, I didn't think about anything else other than the the matter at hand, and you know I really attribute that to 
to my mental coaches and to my my football coaches, my my position coach, my head coach, and just preparation and practice and experience because you know, with all without all that, I probably would have reverted to thinking about, man, this I blew it. You know, I did this again. You know, I ended the game with an interception. You know, all these negative thoughts can creep into your head, but you know, I chose to think about it in another manner. I chose to think about the positive instead of the negative, and, and I chose to think about, you know, what can I do next instead of right. what did I just do? Right. Wow. It, like I said, you're saying some dynamic stuff. I know people need to hear this. This is stuff that you can take into into your life, man. So you you call that final play of regulation, and it, that most of America call the trick play. What's going through through you, you guys as you're taking the snap? Take us through the snap and then the ex, the successful execution of the play. Well, you know what, we, our guys really didn't think about it as this is the last play. This is this could be it. The play was signaled in from the sideline. I said, hey, listen up. This is our play. Trips right, slide left, circus, and you know, we broke the huddle, went up to the line of scrimmage. And we were just thinking about execution. I think that's what really separated us that year from from teams in the past or from from a lot of the teams that have went through history is the fact that we were able to really focus on, you know, the play at hand and what we needed to do to execute that play. We didn't dwell on other things. We just we were really in tune to to uh you know, trying to win football games and we knew that that, that winning a football game came down to play by play and, and detail by detail. So, you know, we we really we really strived and, and uh, you know, really um, leaned on the fact that you know that that's what was going to win us football games was was the detail. So we went up to the line of scrimmage. Each guy, I believe, truly truly went into that play with you know, what can I do right here to help my team win and you know play worked out to where I completed the ball and took on the sideline. Our running back went the right way. and Fortunately, the defensive back went with the receiver a little bit, and he was able to make the pitch to our other guy. Another guy had good enough speed to beat the, the other DB down the sideline. Wow. So it's just just going in with the expectation to, to execute, everything fell into place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. That's, that's, like I said, again, these are keys for life. So you tied the game up, 35-35, and you go to overtime. Now, on when you get into overtime, you give Oklahoma the ball first. What was the the, the thought process of doing that? Well, I think we I think we won the toss. So we in, in overtimes with the college overtimes, Kansas City rule. Um, you know, you want to put your defense out there first because, you know, right. if your defense stops them, then you can win the game with a field goal and you get kind of the, the, the I guess, what football coaches call it, the pan at the end. Whoever has the chalkboard, the chalkboard at the end can always draw the right play up or, or win the game. So I think that was the focus there. And they scored, and our defense and was getting really tired, and our coaches could tell that, you know, these, these big boys from Oklahoma were really starting to wear us down, and our defensive captain, Corey Hall, was, was really, um, you know, feeling the same way. Um, so we knew we needed to, to answer and, and uh, you know, try to win the football game. Wow. 
So you guys got the ball back, and it's fourth down in overtime, and your coach calls a play in from the sideline. Describe for us what goes on with that play and how you guys were able to respond to the call. Well, he called a, he called a halfback pass, which personally I didn't agree with a whole lot because, you know, fourth down, I'm the quarterback, I want the ball in my hands, I want to complete a pass. I didn't want running back to throw the ball, but, you know, you can't you can't let off to your team that you don't agree with something like that. Um, you know, so I called a play, and, and we ran the play, and, and fortunately it was a success. And I didn't want to let my team know that because as soon as you start showing doubt, then it kind of creeps into everybody else's mind. So as a leader of the offense, you know, I, I knew that we needed to be confident and focused on that play. So, uh, you know, there was a direct snap to, to our running back. I motioned out in motion to the left, and he ran like we were running a sweep to the right, and our tight end snuck out of the, of the backfield on the left side, ran towards the corner of the end zone towards the towards the right corner, and he was able to get a step. And our running back, Benny Peretta, who uh, is, is on the practice squad with the Vikings, so he's a player. He made a really great pass and, and uh, put the ball only where our tight end could get it, and, and uh, Shuman came down with a good catch. Wow. Wow. So you guys have just scored. It's 41-42 Oklahoma right now. And conventional wisdom would say kick the extra point, go for another overtime. But we already understand that your defense is wearing down. So your coach comes up with the play, we're going to go for the win. What goes on now on the field? What goes on now in your mind? Okay, this is the play. And, again, kind of the ball is not given to you to pass, but you're, you're, you're asked to, to bring this confidence to this play. What do you guys, how do you guys respond to this, this call? Oh, we, we love the call because we, this is a play that we put in, you know, four or five years prior. They'd, they'd always been running it, but we put a little spin on it this year. And uh, we had ran, we'd ran the play about week seven against University of Idaho, and it worked great. This so happened that they had a defensive back. When we schemed him, we thought he was going to be on the other side, so he kind of fell into the play. But we knew, you know, this is a great play. We're going to hold on to it. And uh, you know, we we've been we've been trying to call it earlier in the game, but fortunately we saved it. And when we we're on the sideline, we. Uh, you know, I, I told my receivers, hey, you know, you guys will we'll go and hurry up so you guys break the huddle early and I'll run out there and get set because we'd ran that um, a couple plays previous in the game where the receivers broke the huddle early and all the attention was on the receivers. So, you know, in those plays, I'd snap the ball and try to get it out to the receivers and their whole defensive uh, backfield and a couple of their strong side linebackers their eyes would be out towards the receivers. So I was like, hey, so let's break the huddle early. You know, we'll get their attention out to you guys. We broke it early and went out there. And as soon as I seen their attention, I knew we had them. You know, I, I had a lot of confidence in this play. We'd run it 50 times in practice, and every time we'd run it, we'd get our scout team, and usually they'd be on the stuff. Like, we'd run a play once or twice, and the third time they'd be right there on it. So we knew this one was was a great play, and, and – uh, you know, who knew it would go down in the history as, you know, one of the greatest plays ever in uh, in football. So, uh, you know, it was just a blessing. And, 
and uh, you know, fortunately we ran it we ran it to perfection, and you know all their attention was out on the receivers and with the fake and the great fake by our running back. Um, you know, it worked out perfect. Wow. Uh, just uh, just hearing you tell this whole account of, of the last moments of this game has just been while well, I'm looking at how, how I can put some of these things in my own life. I'm, I want to share something with you. I um, was a student at the University of Michigan right when Michigan won the national title back in 97. And that was my sophomore year in, in college. And I went to, to Michigan in the back of my mind. I wanted to play football. I wanted to walk on a team. I always had this dream of playing for this 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 this, this team because I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So that's just Michigan was was it. And I never tried out, and I always kick myself for that. Give somebody a, a word of encouragement right now to to step out on their dreams, regardless of the situation, regardless of what may happen, so that they won't have any regrets later. I think it just kind of comes back to you know a couple of points that we've been talking about. You know, just to to have faith and and uh, have faith in God and have faith in in your dreams. That you know they're your dreams for a reason, and you know have confidence going into them, and, and you know never never give up on a dream. And you know sometimes sometimes our dreams don't come true, but you know as long as we as long as we attempt them and give it our best effort, I think we can always be happy with ourselves. So. You know, if anyone out there you know has a dream, I uh, truly, truly uh, wish you the best and and just to go at it full go. And uh, you know, hopefully everybody can can get a piece of their dream. You know, uh, you know, once in their lifetime. Wow. Yeah, that, you, you, like I said, I, I'm just floored by this opportunity to, to to present a person as dynamic as yourself, a person who's who's accomplished as much as you have to share these tips with people. One last thing before I let you go, Jared. We know that you've been recently married, um, and I just wanted to know, how has being married and your relationship with your wife, how has that given you even more strength to keep moving towards your dreams? Oh, my, my wedding and my wife is, was, a, was a blessing to me. Um, she's an unbelievable person, and, and she's so so supporting of, of everything that, that I want to do. Uh, especially in my career, and uh, her family is, is very supporting as well. So, you know, they, they just totally push me and, and you know inspire me to to try to do as best as I can and um, and um, the motivation that they give me is just just an extra fire, and it just makes me want to go out and, and just be the best and to provide for for her and, and for my family is is a huge motivational factor as well. Wow. Well, well Jared, I want to let you know this, man. I, I, I am one of your fans now. I'm one of your supporters. If if ever there's anything I can do for you personally, you know, you have my phone number, you can call me because I, I, I am absolutely honored and, and just taken aback by a person of your magnitude. And I, I want to see you succeed in everything it is you ever try in life. <laughs> That's just That's God's honest truth, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, and uh, appreciate you having me on. And, and uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch, man. Definitely. Um, is there anything you will, anybody you want to say hello to before you, you, we let you off the air? Uh, no, I got a out in in uh, Michigan area, um, or, or that went to school out there. Uh, a guy that I play with, Greg Voigt, 
he's uh he's up with me in Canada to western Michigan but uh okay oh man I just uh I hope I hope uh the best for everybody I guess well sir we hope we are praying for the best for you too and and I look forward to just hearing your name in in the history books as one of the most prolific quarterbacks to ever play the game thank you thank you very much God bless you sir you too Thank you for your time. Well, people, that was Mr. Jared Zabransky. And I want to personally thank, again, Mr. Jared Zabransky uh, for coming on the show and, and just sharing with us the <laughs> the powerful mind, how powerful the mind can be when it's when it has decided that, Victory is his only option. No matter what the situation looks like, no matter what the people are saying, no matter what the critics are saying, no matter what the odds makers in Las Vegas are saying, you have a piece of uh, a destiny inside of you that must come to pass. And if you keep pushing, if you keep trying, and if you keep swinging, if you keep the momentum, if you keep the faith, you can live the life of your dreams. You can achieve a dynamic manifestation are the very things that are inside of you. I'm here tonight to tell you people that it's possible. Your dreams are possible. I want to thank, again, Jared Zabransky for sharing that dynamic story with us. It's not a story. It's his life. I think I thank him for sharing a piece of his life with us tonight. Also, I want to thank uh, his lovely wife, Melissa Zabransky. Uh, and to each and every one of you who tuned in tonight, I thank each and every one of you. I thank the people out there in Hermiston, uh, Oregon, the people out uh the student body over at uh, Boise State University who are listening to this show live and are going to hear the podcast. Um, anybody who's a dreamer and a visionary, if you heard this show tonight, you have been given a blueprint on what it takes to mount a comeback. Not only mount a comeback, but how to win the game against all odds. So people, on that note, I want to end this show, but I want to tell you this. I want to see you on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday. I'm going to have a show called Brand You, and we're going to bring on some dynamic uh, branding experts from all across the country uh, this Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at uh, creating a championship standard living at blogtalkradio.com slash mileswmiller. People, I don't take you for granted. I love you. I'm praying for your absolute best. I want to see you live that championship standard of living. I want to see you experiencing that championship standard of living. I want you living the life of your dreams. So without further ado, people, you get some sleep because it's, it's one, 1 o'clock in the east. And know that I love you and I'm praying for you. And remember this. It's my mantra and my motto. My motto and my mantra. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you at the top. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.